dear loving Father in heaven, glory be unto your name, dear Lord, for your mercy and love and kindness bestowed upon all the earth, and we thank you for the privilege of life that we enjoy now. Dear Father, your children are gathered here to fellowship with you. Our great purpose in life is to bring glory to your name and to prepare for the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We ask, Father, that as we have this fellowship with you, that our hearts shall be inspired with a zeal to do your will, and we shall be given grace and strength to continue the journey to heaven. I pray, Father, that you grant every one of us your spirit and grant me of your grace that I will speak words that will be a blessing to all your children who are listening. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head, and honor the face of the old man, and fear thy God. I am the Lord. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 32. Elisha was a man of mild and kindly spirit, but that he could also be stern is shown by his course when, on the way to Bethel, he was mocked by ungodly youth who had come out of the city. These youth had heard of Elijah's ascension, and they made this solemn event the subject of their jeers, saying to Elisha, Go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. At the sound of their mocking words, the prophet turned back, and under the inspiration of the Almighty, he pronounced a curse upon them. The awful judgment that followed was of God. There came forth two she-bears out of the wood, and tear forty and two of them. Second Kings chapter 2 verse 23 and 24 Had Elisha allowed the mockery to pass unnoticed, he would have continued to be ridiculed and reviled by the rabble, and his mission to instruct and save in a time of grave national peril might have been defeated. This one instance of terrible severity was sufficient to command respect throughout his life. For fifty years, he went in and out of the gate of Bethel and to and fro in the land from city to city, passing through crowds of idle, rude, dissolute youth, but none mocked him or made light of his qualifications as the prophet of the Most High. Reverence in which the youth who mocked Elisha were so lacking is a grace that should be carefully cherished. Every child should be taught to show true reverence for God. Never should his name be spoken lightly or thoughtlessly. Angels as they speak it veil their faces. With what reverence should we who are fallen and sinful take it upon our lips? Courtesy also is one of the graces of the Spirit 
and should be cultivated by all. It has power to soften natures which without it would grow hard and rough. Those who profess to be followers of Christ and are at the same time rough, unkind and uncourteous have not learned of Jesus. Their sincerity may not be doubted. Their uprightness may not be questioned. But sincerity and uprightness will not atone for a lack of kindness and courtesy. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Rudeness Rebuked. Elisha, after he left Elijah, as we saw yesterday, remained with the prophets in the school of the prophets that was at Jericho. While there, of course, doing his usual work, educating, training, bringing up people in the way of the Lord and making the making prophets out of men of commonplace activities. At this time, he was now leaving that place to go to the school of the prophets at Bethel. In the book of Second Kings 2 verse 23, it says, And he went up from thence, that is from Jericho, unto Bethel. And as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city, and mocked him, and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. And he turned back, and looked on them, and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood, and tear forty and two children of them. And he went from thence to Carmel, and from thence he returned to Samaria. Hmm. It says in verse 24 that these were little children. It doesn't just say children. I think yeah, it says in verse 23 rather, there came forth little children out of the city. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans 15 verse 4 and also 1 Corinthians 11 verse 6 and 1 Corinthians 10 verse 6 and verse 11 that these stories we read were written to give us lessons and a warning and to give us comfort also that that which is evil we should not repeat and that which is good we should repeat. As we study the word of God and his dealings with men, what we learn is the character of God. Today, people try to create a God for themselves and attribute to him characteristics that he has not attributed to himself. It is for us to study the word of God for ourselves and know him for what he claims to be based on his works and based on his acts. Let every act have its weight. You do not focus on one part of God's character and neglect the other. God himself, speaking about himself, says that he has mercy and is full of compassion and loving kindness. He is long-suffering, but he adds concerning himself, and that will by no means clear the guilty. When speaking of the commandments, in speaking the commandments that he says we should not take his name in vain, he said, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. And in the second commandment, he said he will visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of them that hate him. While we are partakers of the goodness and kindness and love of God, we should not forget the other part of God, which is that he is a judge and he will visit iniquities. Here we see that part of God and we should not neglect it. And this time we learn a lesson from God that he also visits iniquities not just on children who are grown up but even little children. You should not miss that. 
we live in a world that think that they are wiser than God. They want to make themselves appear as they as if they are more compassionate, more merciful than God. You go to nations that the Western nations, for example, they don't follow the word of God in bringing up children. The Lord is good. The Lord is merciful, but He has a work He is trying to do in the lives of His children, and there are many tools He uses for this purpose to bring us up to what He wants us to be. The Lord, first of all, instructs. He educates in kindness and compassion. He leads gently. He leads kindly. He talks to us in mercy. And the fact is that that is not all he does. If necessary, he takes us through trials, through experiences that are tough to bring out certain characters in us that without those trials, those characters will not be brought up. And that is the Lord. But then again, when we depart from his ways, there's another part of God. He chastises. And the Bible tells us, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. That is in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, reading from verse 5 and verse 6. That we are not to despise the chastening of the Lord. That it is the, whom the Lord loves that he chastises. Jesus himself said that he rebukes those whom he loves. But then the Lord punishes too. You see, these children who were mocking Elisha, they were punished. This one, were pu- they were punished with death to send a message to us today. The mockery of these children of Elisha is the same mockery of God's people who await his second coming in this story. God gives us a view of his displeasure towards those who mock his children that await his soon return expecting to be translated to heaven specifically. Elisha was mocked because he did not follow Elijah to heaven. Remember how him and Elijah had worked together for a very long time? And the prophets came to meet Elisha, telling him, Do you know that God is going to take your master from you? Elisha told them, I know, hold your peace. That was at Gilgal. And then when they went to Bethel, the same thing was told to him. He told them, I know hold your peace and then they went to jericho the sons of the prophets told him the same thing again and he said to them i know hold your peace now what do you think was expect was happening here 50 men followed them and elisha followed elijah perhaps they were wondering is elisha going to follow them follow him is he thinking that elijah is going to go along with him elisha knew that and when he spoke with elijah and elijah asked elisha what do you want from me Do you notice that Elisha did not say, please let me go with you to heaven? He didn't ask for that. He rather asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. He knew he wasn't going to go. But these children made it a matter to mock Elisha off. Like, you didn't go up with Elijah. You didn't get translated with Elijah. You thought you were going to be translated and be mocking and laughing at Elisha. You can imagine what that would have been like. Here, you would think it was just a few people. 40 children were killed among them. That means there were more than 40. That's what the Bible says. It says that for, uh, sorry, 40 and 2 children of them were destroyed by the BS. 42, sorry, not 40. Now, for it to be 42 of them, that means there were more than 42. Imagine this man walking on his way to Bethel and these children, at least 42, following him. What can happen here except that it is the devil who was doing this? Who could have inspired these 
at least 42 children with a reverence to follow a man along the way keep following him and mocking him if it is not that the devil inspired these children but much more than that like i'm saying this lesson for us refers to what we read in the book of second peter chapter 3 concerning those who mock concerning the second coming of jesus and say since since our fathers fell asleep we have been saying jesus will come but he has not yet come and those who are waiting are waiting the second coming they mock at them there are people today who think themselves the elite who think themselves enlightened and mock at christians who believe in the second coming of jesus who believe that there is a resurrection of such are those who go to the world economic forum led by klaus schwab and noah harari and so many others of the so-called elite of this world who mock at the word of god god takes note of this mockery and he will not take it lightly reading from early writings page 247 paragraph 2 it says as the people of god united in the cry of the second angel the heavenly host marked with the deepest interest the effect of the message they saw many who bore the name of christians turn with scorn and derision upon those who had been disappointed as the word fell from mocking lips you have not gone up yet an angel wrote them said the angel they mock god I was pointed back to a similar scene committed in ancient times. Elijah had been translated to heaven and his mantle had fallen upon Elisha. Then wicked youth who had learned from their parents to despise the man of God. Take note, they had learned from where? From their parents to despise the man of God followed Elisha and mockingly cried, Go up thou bald head, go up thou bald head. In thus insulting his servant, they insulted God and met their punishment then and there. In like manner, those who have scoffed and mocked at the idea of saints going up will be visited with the wrath of God and will be made to feel that it is not a light thing to trifle with their maker. End of quote. Let us draw two lessons. We shouldn't miss it. Let's not let's savour this meat and enjoy it. Two lessons from here. Firstly, just mocking anyone at all doesn't have to be a man of god now anyone who believes in the lord the lord takes note of it those who believe that they are going to be translated to heaven you mock them the lord takes note of it that's first one the second one is this if you mock the man of god you mock god and it's not everybody who is a man of god but then should we even mock anyone at all whether man of god or not we shouldn't as children of god especially even if it's not a man of god an elderly person so i haven't seen the lesson that we should not mock those who are awaiting the coming of jesus to be translated let us go to another lesson now that has to do with reverence of people generally how we treat ourselves with respect there's need of parental training in children when parents refuse to train their children in the right manner they are going to feel the effect later in the world if parents will not they may get away with it in the home but they will not get away with it in the society. It will affect their ability to work with others. It will affect their ability to, re- to get jobs. It will affect their ability to do their own work as businessmen. And it will affect them with respect to how they treat dignities in the world. The Lord teaches us, Proverbs 30 verse 17, The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out and the young eagle shall eat it now this passage is making us to understand that mockery of 
like he says here, father and the mother is not acceptable with God and it has its consequences. Imagine there is a promise in that commandment that says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long, implying that when we do not honor those who deserve the honor, it will affect our days in the earth. That's what it means, that our days may be long on the land which the Lord has promised. So here we see that there is a duty to teach children reverence, to teach them respect, and to teach ourselves. When we say children, it's not just children. We need to learn it. And we must understand that first of all, the children do not know these things unless you teach them. The parents, your children will follow after your own example and your teachings. That's what it is. And if they are not taught properly, they will only practice what they know. Reading from Testimonies, Volume 5, page 44, we are told the idea, the idea that we must submit to the to ways of perverse children is a mistake. Elisha, at the very commencement of his work, was mocked and derided by the youth of Bethel. He was a man of great mildness, but the Spirit of God impelled him to pronounce a curse upon those railers. They had heard of Elijah's ascension and they made this solemn event the subject of jeers. Elisha evinced that he was not to be trifled with by old or young in his sacred calling. Take note, it was not just by young, but by old or young. When they told him that he had better go up as Elijah had done before him, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. The awful judgment that came upon them was of God. After this, Elisha had no further trouble in his mission. For fifty years, he passed in and out of the gate of Bethel and went to and fro from city to city, passing through crowds of the worst and rudest of idle, dissolute youth, but no one ever mocked him or made light of his qualifications as the prophet of the Most High God. This one instance of terrible severity in the commencement of his career was sufficient to command respect. Take note of these things. So, commanding respect is important, okay? To command respect through his whole life. Had he allowed the mockery to pass unnoticed, he might have been ridiculed, reviled, and even murdered by the rabble, and his mission to instruct and save the nation in its great peril would have been defeated. Now hear this. Even kindness must have its limits. Authority must be sustained by a firm severity, or it will be received by many with mockery and contempt. The so-called tenderness, the coaxing, and the indulgence used toward youth by parents and guardians is the worst evil which can come upon them. Firmness, decision, positive requirements are essential in every family. Parents, take up your neglected responsibilities. Educate your children after God's plan, showing forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. End of quote. So, how is this authority to be maintained and the respect commandment commanded? It is to be maintained as we read by firm severity. If you don't do that, the authority will be received with mockery and contempt. It is no easy matter. Reading from Child Guidance, page 233, paragraph 2, it says, It is no easy matter to train and educate children wisely. As parents try to keep judgment and the fear of the Lord before them, difficulties will arise. The children will reveal the perversity bound up in their hearts. They show love of folly, of independence, a hatred of restraint and discipline. 
they practice deception and utter falsehoods. Too many parents, instead of punishing the children for these faults, make themselves blind in order that they shall not see beneath the surface or discern the true meaning of these things. Therefore, the children continue in their deceptive practices, forming characters that God cannot approve. Take note of what we read here. It says, the children reveal perversity and practice deception and falsehoods, but the parents, instead of punishing these children for these faults, they make themselves blind. So, the firm severity we are talking about here is to punish the children so that they can learn. Going on in the reading, it says the standard raised in God's word is set aside by parents who dislike, as some have termed it, to use the straight jacket in the education of their children. Hmm, straight jacket. Many parents have, se- have a settled dislike for the holy principles of the word of God because these principles place too much responsibility on them. But the aftersight, which all parents are obliged to have, shows that God's ways are the best and that the only path of safety and happiness is found in obedience to his will." End of quote. What is God's ways being referred to? When you go to the western world, for example, they condemn the use of punishment on children and the use of the rod. They want to act in such hypocrisy as though they are better than God himself. These are people who would neglect the instruction of the Lord. You would, they would send substandard goods to other nations to make them, uh, to give them things that they know they cannot take that will kill them. These are people who the guilt of slavery is upon. These are people who have lacerated people's backs with iron. These are people who would care not to do things that are vile, wicked, spreading diseases from place to place practicing cruelty of the worst kind, yet they want to act in hypocrisy as though they are kinder, as though they are more loving and compassionate than the God of heaven and they make laws to say that children should not be punished by their parents. What hypocrisy! The blood of many people is upon the head of these ones and they want to act as though they are more righteous than God, as though they are kinder than God, as though they are even more compassionate than Him. Look at the history of things that have been done in the past and even things that are done today by these same nations on other nations which they consider to be beneath themselves. Cruelty that is practiced by them and yet they want to act like they are more righteous than God as if they are kind. Such kindness is only hypocrisy. Such kindness is only cruelty. That kindness that will allow a child to continue in a perverse way that will allow a child to do evil until they become so wicked, so bad that they now go into the streets taking guns and killing people and then you now want to shoot them for killing people but you not allow them to be punished when they were little. Don't you see the foolishness in such a practice? You allow them to grow in perverse ways and then they go and take guns and kill people in the schools and then they take knives and stab people later on the road and the police come to take them into prisons. Don't you see the foolishness? If that child who had that knife, that child who had that gun, that child who on YouTube or in any social media will continue to insult people and write things that will make them to be removed, if that child was put in their place, 
if a firm severity was used on them and they were punished earlier, why would you need to punish them later? You shouldn't punish anybody at all. If you say children should not be, the rod should not be used on children, then you shouldn't even use it on adults too. Nobody should go to prison. Nobody should be shot. Nobody should be punished. There should be nothing like death penalty on even adults. Why? Because that adult was once a child. That adult was once growing up and you did not allow them to be punished. Why then punish them when they are adults? Because the lack of punishment when they were children is what has made them to be perverse adults. Don't you see it? We cannot be wiser than God. We need to do these things early enough so that we can avoid the perversity of the adults. I was looking and studying about this matter of reverence and I saw a study of that showed something about um, old people and their concern. This says a study of 72 people with an average age of 72 showed that dignity and lack of it were key issues in their estimation of care. Concerns about lack of dignity centered on lack of privacy, mixed sex words, forms of address, and loss of independence. The study suggested that older people do not complain about care for fear of retaliation. Take note. So what's, what I just read now says that there was a study done on 72 people, average age of these 72 people was 72 years, and their idea of what care is, they said in their idea of what care is, what they see is that they are not happy with the lack of dignity with which they are treated. And these people are people in like home care, that's old people's homes and those kind of things. They are not happy. And what makes them unhappy is that they are treated with a lack of dignity. And what do they call lack of dignity? One of the things they call lack of dignity is the manner of address. That's one. And another one they said is lack of privacy mixed sex words and loss of independence i would like to look at this one that is the manner of address in the book of first john 4 verse 20 the word of god says to us if a man say i love god and hated his brother he is a liar for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen how can he love god whom he hath not seen in this passage the lord wants us to understand that our treatment of our fellow men is an index of our treatment of God himself. And if you say you love your fellow man, that love should be displayed in the way you treat man. If you say you love God, it should be displayed in the way you treat your fellow man. And how does love show? Romans 13 verse 8 and 9 says, O no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, all the laws listed, the six commandments, don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, law, honor thy neighbor, is comprehended in one saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. He who cannot fulfill the duties of the law to his fellow man, whom he can see, how can he fulfill the duty towards God? Jesus says, as long as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Jesus is to be reverenced in the person of his saints and ministers on the earth. The irreverence shown to Elisha by the children was as though it was shown to God himself. You see, the way we address one another matters a lot. Also, the way we address those who are handling sacred things is important. They stand in the place of God and are representing him. 
Prophets and Kings, page 236, paragraph 3, says, Reverence, in which the youth who mocked Elisha were so lacking, is a grace that should be carefully cherished. Every child should be taught to show true reverence for God. Never should his name be spoken lightly or thoughtlessly. Angels, as they speak it, veil their faces. With what reverence should we, who are fallen and sinful, take it upon our lips? Reverence should be shown for God's representatives, for ministers, teachers, and parents who are called to speak and act in His stead. In the respect shown them, God is honored. End of quote. So it brings it back to what I read in First John chapter four verse twenty. If we cannot show reverence to man, you cannot show it to God, because the men you are seeing, especially your parents, your teachers, and the men of God, they represent God. Any mockery shown to them is mockery shown to God. Now, therefore, you need to pause and review your life, and I will review mine. There have been times when we have done this. We have mocked parents. We have mocked teachers. We have mocked people who are standing in the stead of God, his ministers, what then do you think we should do? Should this not be a means or time for us to say, Lord, please forgive? We need to pray for forgiveness. In the book of Genesis chapter 32, verse 29, we read something about the name of God. Jacob, when he had wrestled with that angel, asked, please tell me your name. And the angel said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? He didn't give him an answer. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah, Judges 13, verse 17 and 18, Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, which he didn't know it was the angel of the Lord, he said, What is thy name? That when thy sayings come to pass, we may do the honor. He thought it was just a normal man that he can go and see him somewhere and bless him and thank him. Oh, my son has been born. Thank you for what you came to tell us. And then the reply was, The angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou after? my name seeing that it is secret the name of the lord is not something we should handle anyhow but just as the lord's name is to be handled in reverence man is to revere his fellow man within the sphere of humanity and the bounds of god's law calling father do you remember what we saw yesterday what did elisha call elijah he called him my father my father lord calling people lord what did we learn concerning sarah she called um, Abraham, her, her husband, she called him Lord. And then, how about Master? Not in a way to worship the person. These words are used. Elisha called Elijah Father. Sarah called her husband Lord. And it's even brought up as an example to us. But yes, we know the counsel where Jesus said, Call no man Master, for we all have one Master. Jesus said that in a spiritual sense. Not in a way of worship are we to call people father, not in a way of spiritual reverence are we to call people master as though they are our heads or as though they are our, our spiritual heads. No. But you can say father to someone who is much older than you. It is necessary that you do that as a matter of reverence when we come before people of dignity also and holding the scepter of rulership we are to treat them with respect due to their position whether they are older than you or younger than you the person may be younger than you but if the person is in a position of dignity you must give them the due reverence calling them sir your excellency your highness my lord the king given a bow in greeting they are all in place to show respect to those whom it is due while we are to respect all men, 
honor must be given to whom honor is due. Respect is for everybody, even within wives and husbands. Sometimes you read the Bible where it says, husbands, uh, love your wife, wives, respect your husband. Husbands are to also respect their wives. But the fact is that there is a duty different when we say respect in another level. When we look at 1 Timothy 5 verse 17, for example, it says, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially they who labor in word and doctrine. Does this mean we should disrespect other people? All men are to be respected, but there are those who are worthy of double honor. And he specifies the characteristics of such people. He says, those who labor in word and doctrine. Those who handle sacred things are like pay or also are like parents teachers and ministers and they are to be honored for the position and the work that they do this is in keeping with the word of god but those in such position are also to carry themselves with the dignity due to their position prophets and kings page 237 paragraph 2 says courtesy also is one of the graces of the spirit and should be cultivated by all it has power to soften natures which without it would grow hard and rough those who profess to be followers of Christ and are at the same time rough, unkind and uncourteous have not learned of Jesus. Their sincerity may not be doubted, their uprightness may not be questioned, but sincerity and uprightness will not atone for a lack of kindness and courtesy. We are to learn to treat people with courtesy and address people with courtesy. This manner of things that is coming where people call their parents by their name, how does that go well? It is not of Christ to do that. Some people want to act as though, oh, I am not looking for respect and therefore they say, oh, you can call your elder by his name. It doesn't matter what you call him. Call your father, Mr. This, call him by name. That is not of the Lord. That is of the world. In the Lord's own system, there is something about the name with which you you used to address people. The Lord is to be reverenced and we are not to call his name anyhow. And so also, we are to reverence one another, especially the aged, especially those in position. Their names are not to be called lightly. It is a matter of respect and reverence. Do not come to this common position where we say, oh, call me by anything, you can call me by my name, where a young person will be calling an older person by his name, oh, Mr. This, Mr. That, and calling him by his name. No, it is not so. There should be a difference to show that respect, to show that regard, to show that you are honoring the person because of their age. Yes, people are to be honored because of their age. People are to be honored because of their position also even if the person is the lightest of persons even if the person is the wicked person no matter what as far as the person is the aged the bible gives us that counsel respect them honor them treat them with reverence it is not something that you say they have to earn it no as far as they come to that position and they are um, aged or they hold the position of dignity or they are ministers the rest the respect is to be given to them that reverence is to be accorded to them as children of God. It's a lesson we are learning. Let us look for example at what is happening today in the US. You have a president that is very old, 79, 80. Well, I'm not say very old, but he's old. 79, 80 years at present and he's getting older and older. And many times, the truth is, we see him make mistakes. We see him say things he should not say. And I've seen many things that are just terrible that he says. What should we do as Christians? Should we go around saying, let's go Biden? Should we go around saying, F Joe Biden? No. 
as christians we are not to follow that example that is elder abuse while it is true that there are things i acknowledge that that he does that shows that there's some incompetency on his part nevertheless we are not to go against the commandment of the lord he is both an aged person and a person of dignity because of the position he holds we are to ask for forgiveness if you have ever been among those who have been mocking him he is doing wrong yes but do not mock do not mock is what the word of god says the aged thou shall rise before the hoary head when we learn to treat our fellow man with this kind of respect it will not be difficult for us to also treat god with the same respect some people struggle to stop using the name of the lord in vain with every small thing they use the name of the lord as an exclamation and they call his name lightly trifling in a trifling manner it is because we have not learned reverence even among ourselves this is not to be done and we are to learn to stop that even those replacements we make oh geez those kind of things those replacements that we use for using the name of god in vain it is still the same thing we are not to say it at all because we are using his name in vain and the lord says he will not hold us guiltless for doing that let us not follow the world in using the name of our lord jesus as an exclamation every time why don't we hear other people use other people's name why jesus why is he his own it is a mark of irreverence that has been made to spread around this world by none other than satan himself and we are not to join in that now another thing we read that was a problem for these elderly people was privacy do you remember the story of ham when ham saw his father's nakedness and was cursed the bible tells us in the book of leviticus 18 reading from verse 1 downward god specifically told them they might, they, you should not do after the doings of the egypt where you're coming from or after the doings of canaan where you're going to and in verse 9 he starts to list out the things that these nations do that are wrong for example he says none of you shall approach that's verse 6 now none of you shall approach to any that is near of kin to him to uncover their nakedness i am the lord verse 7 now says the nakedness of thy father or the nakedness of thy mother shall thou not uncover she is thy mother thou shalt not uncover her nakedness please do not use another version that's not king james i will tell you it's about sleeping with the woman or sleep no it is simply talking about viewing the nakedness of your father look at verse 7 here the nakedness of thy father is what it says specifically and just to get that clear when you look at the Leviticus 20 verse 17, it says, If a man shall take his sister, his daughter, father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, and see her nakedness, and she see his nakedness, it is a wicked thing. There is a kind of reverence that we give to people by not seeing their nakedness. It is out of reverence that you give people privacy. It is important that we do that. Look at Genesis 9 from verse 20 to 27 and see what happened to Ham for lack of reverence we are to feel ashamed for these things when we for example see someone mistakenly see their nakedness what do you do you find out that it puts you in this kind of embarrassment and we ought to feel that embarrassment but today what do we see people parade their nakedness by themselves you don't even need to see it mistakenly people are parading it and it is something that I, the reason i'm bringing it up is because in this um study that i read about one of the things that the elderly people complained of as a lack of dignity is the lack of privacy that they do not have especially you can you can tell that um people just take them their bath and all of that but even when you are taking your the old people their bath it should be done in some kind of dignity there's so much to say about this but the lord will have us to learn treat teach the children to reverence their elders 
those who are ministering, their teachers, their parents. And one of the ways to do that is the manner of address. The common thing that we do today in not teaching people how to address others in the right way. In public, people of dignity are mocked. In public, ministers are mocked, parents are mocked. And in the home, parents do not teach their children to see a difference between themselves and the child. The child addresses the parent as though they are on the same level. All this is wrong. All this is wrong. We are to learn, even though we are all brothers and sisters in Christ, there is to be that difference when you see someone who is aged. As far as the person is not, is considerably older than you, I wouldn't say just be checking how many minutes people are older than you, or how many seconds, or how many days. But there should be that respect from man to man. And then it gets higher as you see that there is that person who is older, and it's higher as you see that the person is a teacher, a minister, a parent, or a person of position. We should learn to show reverence the consequences of it are great as he was, as we saw with respect to these children who the bears destroyed god takes note of these things and he will bring judgments upon us if if the old person should curse someone who mocks them what do you think would be the result it wouldn't be good so let us learn i pray that god will help us to make changes in this matter let us pray Dear Father in heaven, we ask that you forgive us, Lord, for the times that we have misrepresented you in mocking the aged and the ministers of the Lord. We pray, Father, that you will help us now to learn to reverence both you and our fellow man. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and thank you for answering our prayers. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. The sweetest type of heaven is the home where the Lord
part of that heavenly family where Jesus reigns supreme. We will be part of that heavenly family.